You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. And Yahweh, or the Lord, spake to Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep. So the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week that represented what God, that God rested on that day. So God's saying to Moses, you should keep it just like, just like I kept it on the seventh day of creation. And why do you keep it? Because it's a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. So we spoke a little bit about that word sanctify, didn't we? Um, in Genesis 2 and if you look on the the magnifying glass um, I've just kind of ex- expanded a little bit what sanctify means so it's, it's very similar to the word holy which comes out um, in the next verse and all it means is to be holy or removed from common use so it's not something you commonly use or, or use every day and it's subject to special treatment or it's something special set aside and not something that you use every day. So God says that I sanctify you, I make you special, I make you different, I make you su- subject to special treatment because you keep this special day. So because you keep this Sabbath day that I've sanctified or made holy, you also became sanctified and made holy or you become special like that. Uh, verse 14, you shall keep the Sabbath thereof, for it is holy. So God's already said that it's holy in Genesis, so he's now saying it's holy here. Um, and everyone that defiles it shall be put to death. Wow, that's pretty extreme, isn't it? God's saying this is how important it is. If you, if you don't keep this Sabbath day holy, if you don't sanctify it, you'll be put to death. That's how important it was to God that um, they kept this. Um, and the soul will be cut off from the people. Verse 15. Six days you do your work, but in the seventh is a Sabbath of rest. So six days you work, then on the Sabbath you rest, because it's holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Verse 16. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generation for a perpetual or for an ongoing covenant or ongoing promise, it's a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six, day, six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So God's saying to Moses here that I want you to keep the Sabbath, keep it holy, and because it is a holy day, and when you keep it holy, you become holy, and you become special as well. And I want you to do that, to follow the same pattern that I did in creation in Genesis 2. And you'll be refreshed. So you'll stop your work that you do for six days, you'll rest and you'll be refreshed. So that's, that's what um, God lays down in the law of Moses and what the law of Moses tells them. So some important words that kind of capture what we're talking about there was um, the Sabbath, which occurs... Oh, let me bring that up. 
think it's worth colouring in the Sabbath, which occurs in verse 12, verse 14, verse 15, twice. Maybe I can share this screen actually. not very not very uh, it's not very dark actually must be the, the contrast on the screen but if you can see the really light blue on there <laughs> I've highlighted all the uh, Sabbath days there it essentially occurs five or six times in those sections and, and highlighting it um, just shows how um, how that's what God's talking about in that section and the other thing that we notice as well is that he talks about being sanctified or being holy as well, which is a common thread um, which happens in Genesis 2 as well. So that's, that's a good thing to colour in. One other thing that I put down there as a cross-reference was in verse 16, it's kind of an interesting point, um, that the word keep, so verse 16, wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. That's the same word in Genesis 2, verse 15, where God tells Moses to keep the Garden of Eden. So he says to dress it and to keep it. So it's really about, um, you know, how you would keep a garden. You weed it, you prune it, you wash it. All these things that um, you do to keep it, it's kind of quite an active thing that you you actively go out of your way to look after it. God says you need to do this about the Sabbath as well. So I've just put down the bottom Genesis 2, verse 1 to 2. It's a good, good section to refer back to um, Genesis 2 in that one. And then De Deuteronomy 5 is the next um, uh, section that we're going to go to. So um, it kind of keeps that link in your margin. So let's go to Deuteronomy 5. Verses 12 to 15. Alright, so we're breaking um, again into a section here um, where Moses is giving God's law. Or actually, I think it's God giving um, the law to Moses. But Moses then passes that on to the children of Israel. And we're looking at verse Deuteronomy 5, verses 12 to 15. I'll read that for you. Keep the Sabbath day. So we're definitely talking about the Sabbath here. And to sanctify it. So remember how we spoke about that in Genesis 2, in Exodus, and now in Deuteronomy. There's a common word that's coming through. So to sanctify it, to keep it holy and make it separate. As the Yahweh, or the Lord thy God, commanded thee. Six days thou shalt labour and do all thy work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no work. So not only can you not do any work, but your son, your daughter, your maidservant, your manservant, your ox, your animals, your servant that's within your gates... They can't work either, that thy manservant and maidservant may rest as well. And verse 15, Remember thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and a stretched out arm. 
Therefore the Lord thy God commands thee to keep the Sabbath day. So on the Sabbath day, not only were they not meant to work, but none of the rest of their family, none of their employees, their servants, not even their animals were were meant to work. It's what God says in Deuteronomy. But what does he say? Why does he say to do this? And what should they be doing on the Sabbath day? Well, he says, to remember that the Lord thy God brought thee out through a mighty hand and a stretched out arm. So remember back when God delivered them from Egypt, he brought them out of Egypt and took them into the wilderness wanderings and then into the um, land of Israel. And God's saying to the people, remember back in Egypt? You were a slave, weren't you? You you were put under hard bondage, I think the word is, to make the cities and and probably pyramids and stuff like that. And, and God's saying, remember that time when you were like that? And I saved you from that. I showed mercy to you. I stretched out my hand and delivered you from that. So God's saying, you remember that and you give your servants, your manservants, your maidservants a rest as well. So God's really asking them to reflect on what God has done for them on the Sabbath day and then also to show that in their life as well to people like their maidservants and manservants, people who, who they look after and who they should um, treat well. That's really what God's telling them here to do in Deuteronomy. Just like God refreshed them or, or gave them rest from their labours and delivered them from Egypt, so they were meant to refresh and look after their, their servants as well. So I think um, Sabbath, once again, that's a good thing to highlight in in that section there. Um, Sanctify, that's a common thing that we spoke about earlier that's gone through through, um, Genesis, Exodus, and now we see it picked up in Deuteronomy. And a stretched out arm. We read about the stretched out arm in uh, verse 15. God delivered them with a stretched out arm. That might make a lot. That might not make a lot of sense now, but it's a it's a really critical theme to the Sabbath that we're going to start talking about as we progress through the Bible. I'll put Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11 there as another cross reference you can have against this Deuteronomy. It's essentially is basically talking about the same thing, um, and so it's kind of good to refer back to it to. Um, build on the story a little bit. I'm just going to go on a little bit of a tangent here and talk a little bit more about the Sabbath because was, was the Sabbath just, just about the seventh day of the week? Well, under the law of Moses, it wasn't just about the seventh day of the week. There was lots of different Sabbaths. Um, I've just pulled out three here. There's another Sabbath that they had to do every seven years. So that was called a Sabbath year on the seventh year. So just like on every seventh day they can have a rest on the seventh year, they're also meant to have a rest as well and they weren't allowed to till the ground and plant plant that, plant things and um, stuff like that on the seventh year. They were kind of meant to have a rest and let the ground recover. Um, and also, if they had any bills to pay, um, that also got forgiven them as well. 
just come to Deuteronomy 15 and we'll have a look, bit, bit, bit more of a look at that. Because this talks about it. Every seven years you'll have a release. I wonder if uh, this will show up better. Yep. So there's something that um, we spoke a little bit about in Deuteronomy 5, but is brought out a lot more in Deuteronomy 15, is this um, opening your hand or releasing. Um, and Deuteronomy 15 talks a lot about this. So this is the seventh, not, not the seventh day, it's the seventh year when they were meant to have a rest. And, and God talks a lot about in that section of um, giving release, opening your hand, not shutting your hand, open wide. And it's very much the same principle of the Sabbath day. They are meant to give people refreshment, make their lives easier, reduce, you know, there's nothing like having a bill forgiven to, for refreshing your mind. Um, and that's what, they were, that's what they were meant to do on the seventh year as well. So we talk, we read that in um, Deuteronomy 15, uh, verse 1, 3, 7, 8... Um, 10 and 11. So, um, but it doesn't end there. There was another Sabbath as well. So, every 50 years they were meant to have what's called a jubilee. But this is, this is kind of a bit tricky because remember how we've had every seven days, then we have every seven years... And the Jubilee was 50 years, but before that was seven times seven years, which was on the 49th year as well. So on the 49th year, which is seven, seven times seven, isn't it? If you remember your maths, um, they are meant to have the land rest. But also in the 50th year, they are meant to have a Jubilee or a rest as well. And this is also described as a Sabbath where they are not meant to plant any fruit or crops for two years and God would look after them. And bills and lands and um, things would return to them as well. And we read about that in Leviticus, Leviticus uh, 5, verse 8 to 55. But it is a bit of a tangent and we'll keep going now. But just to highlight that this Sabbath day that we're talking about isn't restricted to just one day of the week. Sometimes they did it for a whole year and sometimes they did it for two whole years in a row. Right. So the next um, chapter that we had in our section to go to after Deuteronomy, after Deuteronomy 5 was Isaiah 58. So let's turn that one up. So this is, a, this is another section um, where we're a prophet called Isaiah is talking to Israel um, and he's not particularly happy with them and the way they're acting um, and he's talking about um, particularly how they're acting on the Sabbath day. Um, and we kind of know that from verse 13 if you're, if you're interested and the context. Um, so what, what do we read? Well we read we'll start in verse 4 we're going to start in verse... So the, the people are saying... Um, 
So, so basically, Isaiah is explaining to them why the bad things are happening to them. And they say in verse 3, so, there's, so we're going to look at nine negative things in verses 3 to 5, and then eight positive things in verse 6 to 7. So if you've got a, like a red pencil or something like that, you can colour in the negative things red, and the eight positive things, you can colour them in blue or whatever a positive colour is to you. So what, they, what, what Isaiah is talking to these people of Israel at the time, and he's saying to them, you're saying to me we have fasted. That's what you say, he says, but don't you see that that's not happening? You say we have afflicted our soul, so that's something negative that they've done on the Sabbath day. And they take us no knowledge, so they're saying to God, we've, we've afflicted ourselves in God, you, you don't even see. And behold, in the day of your fast, so fasting is another negative thing that they're doing, they're saying, God, you don't find any pleasure in that. And you exact all your labours, so that's another negative thing, negative thing that they do. In verse 4, behold, you strife and debate, that's another negative thing they're doing. And you smite with the fist of wickedness, that's, I think we can say that, safely say that's a negative thing. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Um, yeah, I think that's... Oh, yeah, and then, then um, God says to them, is such a fast that I've chosen? Is this what I'm looking for, God says to the children of Israel? Is it, is it a time to afflict your soul? So this is something, another negative thing that they're doing, afflicting their soul. Is it to bow your head like a bulrush? So you see the... The bulrushes bowing over in the wind and God saying, do I want you to do that? Or to spread sackcloth and ashes? Will thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to God? So that's what God's saying. You're doing all these, all these negative things. You're fasting, you're, you're hitting people, you're exacting labours. Is, is that what I'm happy with? Is that what I want you to do on the Sabbath day? And then we come to some positive things that God what God wants them to do. And God says in verse 6, Is this not the fast I've chosen? So that's what you're doing, but this is what I want you to do. To loose the bands of wickedness. That's one positive. To undo the heavy burdens. That's another positive. To let the oppressed go free. That's another one. And to break every yoke. That's another one. Verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy home? So we... Isn't it to bring all the poor into your home and look after them? And when thou seest the naked, to cover him, so to put clothes on people who can't afford food, and that thou hide thyself not from thy own flesh. So I, I think that's to you know speak speak to your family, be be there with your family. Um, yeah. So so that's the that's the eight positive things that God wants them to do on the Sabbath day. They're doing this fasting, this, this not working. And God's saying, that's not what the Sabbath day is about. The Sabbath day isn't about not working. You're meant to be thinking and, and helping people, refreshing people. Remember how we spoke about that in Deuteronomy? Where they were meant to think about their maidservants and how that they were slaves and how they wanted a rest. And so God's saying, give the maidservants a rest and manservants a rest. God's saying in Isaiah 58 that the Sabbath day isn't about not doing work 
or, or ceasing from your, from your labour, although that, that is an important aspect of it. It's all about stop doing your own work and start doing God's work. Start doing God's ways and start focusing on what you can do rather than not what you can't do. And the Jews had taken this Sabbath day principle to an extreme and were you know, locking up their animals, weren't going on lifts and, and, and were just going out of their way not to do anything at all. And God's saying, don't do that. That's, that's not what the Sabbath day is about. The Sabbath day is about refreshing people, stretching out your hands, helping people. Be holy, be separate, be different. You know, this is a holy, special, sanctified day. I want you to be holy, special, sanctified as well. Being, being nice to other people is very different to what you see from around you. And so this is what God is saying. This is how you can be separate. This is how you can be different. By being nice to, to your maid servants, to your man servants, to the people who, um, who, who um, aren't necessarily um, your prominent people or influential people or people that you typically would be nice to. Um, verse... What else have I said? Smart with the fist. Yeah, so here's some things about stretching out your hands that... Um, Isaiah talks about as well. So in verse 4 he says, don't smite with your fist, don't put forward your finger and point to other people because in Isaiah 59 verse 1, God's hand isn't shortened. God's hand isn't a fist or pointing. It's reached out. It's not shortened. It's, it's reached out to save. And that's what God's telling the people that they should have their hand reached out as well to help other people. Isaiah 56, verse 1 to 2 is a good cross reference to have next to Isaiah 58. And I'll just read that to you. It says, Thus says the Lord, Keep ye judgment, do justice, for my salvation is near to come and my right righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that does this and the son of man that layeth hold to it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and keepeth his hand from doing evil. So God's saying that the Sabbath... Blessed is the man that keeps the Sabbath and doesn't do any evil on it or, or any of the nasty things like pointing with the finger and smiting with the fist that these people at the time were doing. Right, the next section. So we looked at Deuteronomy 5 before, so that's a good thing to have in your mind. And the next one we're going to go to is Matthew 12. So if we can turn that one up. Matthew 12. So we often um, refer to Christ um, in, in, a, in a lot of these principles because Christ takes these principles that God has in the Old Testament and then he lives them in his life and he shows how they look like in real life. So this is, this is what the Sabbath looks like in real life um, in, the, in the time of Christ. So Matthew 12, we read... On the Sabbath day, verse 1, on the Sabbath day, Jesus went through the corn and the disciples were hungry, so they plucked the ears of corn and began to eat it. And the Pharisees were upset with it because they were plucking corn and they saw that as they were doing work on the Sabbath day. They were very upset with it. And so they said, so the Pharisees said to Jesus, Behold, your disciples don't do that what's lawful on the Sabbath day. And Jesus says to them, Have you not read what David did when he was a hungered, 
um, and they that were with him, he entered into the house of God and did eat showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them that were with him, but only for the priests. And so Jesus refers back to the, the time of David and says, well, there was this one time where Jesus actually went into the tabernacle and took the showbread on the Sabbath day and it wasn't lawful for him and he became the king of Israel. God didn't strike him down then. And he also said, or have you not read on the, in the law that how on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? So the priests on the Sabbath day have to do twice as much work. They offer two offerings, um, or it might actually be four offerings instead of two or one every day, whatever, whatever that is. Essentially they do twice as much work on the Sabbath as opposed to the normal day. And Jesus is saying to them, well, isn't that work offering, you know, getting a big cow, cutting its throat, skinning it, putting it, up on, putting it up on the sacrifice. Isn't that work? And God tells them to do that on the Sabbath day. And so Jesus is saying, clearly, the point of the Sabbath day isn't about not doing work. It isn't, it, it isn't about keeping God's law. It's bigger than that. It's more than that. Um, uh, verse 6, But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if you'd known what this means, I'll have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. So Christ is saying to them, the law isn't about stopping work and, and not doing work, because God says, I, I don't want sacrifice. I, I'm not, I, sacrifice isn't, impo isn't important to me. What is important is that you have mercy, that you reach out your hand, that you're kind, you're loving, that you remember what God has done for you on the Sabbath day. And so um, Christ says to the Pharisees, well, there's actually a bigger principle here at play and, and you should be doing it. And he says, for the Son of the Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And have I... I, I want to put a cross-reference next to that one for... Um, Matthew 11, verse 28. So just before chapter 12, we have Matthew 11, verse 28. And Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest to your souls. So that's what they were, that's what they were meant to do on the Sabbath day, wasn't it? Finding rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus is saying, Come to me if you're... If you're you know, got work and you're, you're, you're feeling under pressure, come to me and I'll give you rest. I'll make it easy. I'll refresh your souls, like we read about. That's meant to happen on the Sabbath day. So this is why Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath day, because he, he does this and he, he offers this to, to us all. So that's kind of the discourse that um, Christ has with the Pharisees. But then... Then what happens often after Christ has a discourse with the Pharisees, then we see it living out, living in, in real person. And so we read in verse 9, When Christ, or when he was departed from thence, and he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man, he had a withered hand. So do you know what a withered hand is? A, hand's, a withered hand is like someone who has a hand like this, and they can't open it. So it's kind of, it's a little bit useless, isn't it, to have a withered hand where it, it's, you can't help anyone, can you? It's all just pushed up like this and you can't, you can't open it, you can't stretch it out, you can't help anyone. Um, and so Jesus sees him in the synagogue and he says, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? 
Oh, and, and the people at the synagogue asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? So they bring this withered hand man to Christ and say, is it lawful to heal? Because they think doing a miracle is actually his work. And so they want to trick him. They want to trick him into, do it, into doing it. And so what does Jesus say to them? What man is there among you that shall have one sheep and it fall into a pit and you shall not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much more better is a man than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. So Jesus is saying to them, you're a hypocrite. If you saw one of your sheep or your cattle or your oxen that fell in a pit on the Sabbath day, you'd go and rescue it, wouldn't it? You'd go and, you'd go and help it. And so when I see this withered man, this man with a withered hand that, that can't help anyone, I want to help him. Isn't it lawful to do the right thing, to do well on the Sabbath day? Isn't that what Isaiah 58 is talking about, that God wants us to do? To stretch out our hand to help people, to look after our maidservants and our men servants. And so what does Jesus say? Stretch forth your hand, and he stretched it forth and restored Paul, Paul like the other. So Jesus heals this man. And this, there's this real stretched out hand metaphor that's happening here, where Jesus stretches out his hand, and this man who had a withered hand who couldn't stretch out his hand, that wasn't particularly useful, could now stretch out its hand and it was restored whole like the other. So then he could go and help other people as well. Uh, what is the time? There's a, another day, another day. Um, it would be great to go put a, put a note in your margin. One, another day, go and look at Matthew 9 verses 18 to 26 where this, this same person who brought the withered hand man to Jesus um, and, and was wanting to accuse him of doing right on the Sabbath day. This same man, um, the, the ruler of the synagogue in Capernaum, um, wanted Jesus to stretch out his hand and heal his daughter um, and, and we read about that in Jairus. Um, Matthew actually puts it before, so he writes it in Matthew 9 and this is in Matthew 12, but most of the other records actually have it after. Um, yeah, so I think um, Jesus then expands on this principle further of stretching out the hand. But we're pushed for time, so we won't go to that. So a great, great reference, cross-reference here is Deuteronomy 15, verses 1 to 11. And remember how we coloured in all the stretched out hands that we were meant to do on the, the seventh year? It's a great, um, great um, cross-reference to have next to this section here. So we looked at Isaiah 58, so that's good to have that in the back. Now we're going to go to Hebrews 4. We can turn that, that up now. So Hebrews 4, we're breaking into Hebrews here. If you want to have a heading at the top of Hebrews chapter 4, um, you would have a, that um, Christ is superior to Joshua um, because he brings them into the real rest that God speaks about. I'm not sure if you'll be able to see it. Oh, no, because we could see um, orange. But one of the real... Um, one of the real... Uh, sections in this chapter is it's all about the rest. So we see rest in verse 1, uh, verse 3 twice, verse 4, verse 5, 
Uh, verse 8, 10, 11. Um, and there is one in verse 9, but it's slightly different, and I'll get to that one. Um, so that's, that's quite a good one to colour in um, next in this chapter as well. This chapter is all about a rest, which is kind of what we spoke about on the Sabbath day. Um, yeah, okay. All right, so Christ, I mean, the writer of Hebrews is saying in Hebrews that... Um, Verse 4, for he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise. So he's saying the person of Genesis wrote in a certain place on the seventh day that God did rest on the seventh day from all his works. Verse 5, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. So, so the writer of Hebrews is referring back to when God rested on the seventh day in Genesis 2 and he's referring back to... Um, Psalm 95 as well, when he's talking about that they enter into my rest. If you want to put Psalm 95 verse 11 next to uh, verse 5 as well, that's a good cross-reference. Verse 6, Seeing therefore it remaineth that some that shall enter therein, they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, well, we're not in a rest yet, are we? Um, we're, we still work, we still labour, we still, you know... Still don't always have our hand out and refreshing people. So obviously Joshua didn't bring people into the rest. Verse 7, again, he limited a certain day saying in David, today after so long a time it is said, today if you hear your voice and harden not your hearts. For in Jesus had given them rest, then he would not after have spoken of another day. So the writer um, David in the Psalms says, talks of a, a future rest to come. But if the rest was what Joshua gave them, then he would already be resting, wouldn't he? In fact, David talks of a future rest which Christ would bring. So Christ, the rest that Christ brings is um, superior to the rest that um, Joshua brings. Um, yeah, and the very fact that, yeah. So verse 9, There remaineth a rest to the people of God. So that rest is a slightly different word to the other words rest. Um, and it is, it, it, it uh, literally means keeping of the Sabbath or a Sabbath rest. That's what it specifically refers to, um, whereas the others are more a, a, a general rest of nature. Um, and for he entered into, um, so verse 10, for he that is entered into his rest, he also ceased from his works as God did from his. Verse 11, let us therefore labour to enter into the rest, lest any man fall from the same example of unbelief. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, we need to labour to enter into this rest, to get this rest. We, we labour from stop doing our own work and stop you know, having a closed fist and pointing the finger to stretching out the hand for forgiving people, looking after people and um, doing what you're meant to do on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath day. And sometimes that's... We find that difficult, don't we? Sometimes we find it that difficult to look after, um, you know, our younger brothers and sisters, or um, you know, people not as cool as us, and things like that. And um, the writer of Hebrews is saying, well, there's going to be a day where where we will do that perfectly, where we will do that well. Um, verse twelve to thirteen, he then talks about 
for the Word of God is quick and powerful. So it exposes us. It, it, it shows, you know, what are we doing to the people who we look after? What are we doing to our brothers and sisters? The, the, the things that other people can't necessarily see, the Word of God exposes that um, and, and God sees that. God, God sees what we do um, and how we treat others and, and how we look after others. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying, you know, that, that's going to be exposed. But, he says, but we have a high priest that passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, so let us hold fast to our profession. So we don't have a high priest which didn't experience what we went through, that, that, that didn't you know, find how difficult it was to look after the poor people, to look after the maid servants and the men servants. Christ knew all about what it was like. He, he understood it. And he was tempted like as we were, um, but without sin. And so because he did that, because um, he, he, was a, he, he is our judge and he experienced what we, we experienced, he has that empathy with us and can understand how we're feeling. And so the writer of Hebrews says, and so because of that, because we have a, a compassionate priest, um, therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Um, just put a cross-reference to that word help, um, to Acts 27 verse 17, um, and worth putting that in there. It's the only other time that Greek word appears um, in the Bible and it's specifically talking about when their boat that um, Paul was in um, was, was falling apart because of the waves and, and everything was knocking at and they tied some ropes around it to help it, to hold it together. And that's really the principle of the Sabbath, isn't it? That we, we, we try and you know, <laughs> refresh each other, we try and support each other, we try and help each other. And, and the writer of the Hebrews is saying this is what Christ does for us. He helps us in our time of need, when we're about to break under pressure, when we're, when we're finding our burden hard, when we're finding our yoke difficult, Christ says, come unto me, because it's easy, and I'll help you in your time of need. And so that's why we can go with boldness to, to the judgment seat. Um, and that's what the writer of Hebrews says for us. So really the themes of um, the Sabbath that we've, that we've seen is, is it's all about doing God's ways and doing, doing God's... Um, and looking after people, looking after people who can't, who can't necessarily help themselves, looking after um, younger brothers, younger sisters. That's, that's the principle of the Sabbath. We need to stretch out our hand and help them, not you know, close our fist and hit them or point at them um, and accuse them of other things. And, and the writer of Hebrews, and, and we've seen through um, Deuteronomy um, as well, that it's not just restricted to one day of the one day of the week, is it? It's, you know, it happens all the time and, and can be um, appropriate for us all every day of the week. That, that's what we should be doing. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, 
Most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at btf at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen. Thank you.